Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Dayton Tolbert. Um, happy to be back uh, live today. Uh, this is part two of my season premiere special. Um, I had been calling this a, a two-part uh, season premiere, but uh, at this point, and based on a lot of feedback that I've gotten from part one, this needs to be a uh, at least minimum three-part special, maybe even a series. So, um, you know, look out, definitely look out for part three, uh, maybe sometime next week, most likely next week. And um, like I said, there's a lot going on here. Um, as I told you last week, I hadn't, um, at the time of the show, I hadn't watched the entire season two. And uh, that's mainly reason, one of the reasons why I was saying it was going to be a two-part, but there's so much going on in, in the second season of Insecure. Um, and as you'll hear today, I have a lot to say. And um, I, I know I really want to do an entire show on Molly, and I mentioned that last week. I want to talk about um, just her, her not recognizing, um, you know, certain men's potential, you know, just so much stuff, the open relationship. I mean, there's so much stuff just with that one character. So today I'm going to continue my discussion um, on Issa and Lawrence and that whole dynamic um, and the characters surrounding those two, but then, uh, look out for part three sometime in the very near future. Um, I want to, uh, before I jump into it, because like I said, I have a lot to say. Um, I, and like I said, I don't even want to talk a lot about, definitely don't want to talk about politics. I don't really want to talk about anything else other than insecure. But I do want to just mention this whole NFL thing, because I haven't been you know, as vocal as uh, I have been in the past about you know, social uh, issues. Um, I want to say, I want to tell everyone that it's okay to do what you want to do. We live in a society where a lot of people are being peer pressured to support something. A lot of people are, you know, it's like, oh, did you watch football this weekend? And it's like, oh, no. Yeah, I watched the game. It's like, oh, my God, you know, why did you watch it? I thought you were boycotting it. Listen, if you want to watch football, watch football. If you want to boycott, then boycott. You do not have to be put into any type of box. I refuse to be put into any type of box. I watch football. I'm not, you know, if I was an NFL player, I would not be taking a knee. That's not to say that people who do it are wrong or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't be calling people names if they don't feel how, they, how you feel or if they choose not to protest social injustice the same way you do. The media does not dictate how we have to protest or how we should feel or act. 
okay? The NFL doesn't dictate. Donald Trump doesn't dictate. Facebook, social media does not dictate. People are grown. We do what we want to do, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's really sad to see what's happening in the NFL with all these people kneeling. And I'm not saying that people before. I'm talking about now. Like now that Donald Trump has spoken about it, the media is just kind of using this whole thing to attack him more because that's really what this is all about. Everyone is just jumping on this, oh, let's hate Donald Trump bandwagon. And so now all the NFL players, now they got the owners, the same owners. That, it's, it's, it's all ridiculous. It's so, and I don't even want to talk about it, but it's so ridiculous. This, the whole protests are because of the owners not signing Kaepernick. That's what the whole thing is about, that they have collectively, you know, conspired to not hire him, not give him a job, you know. And so those same owners are now encouraging their players to participate in these protests, it's all fake. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And that just kind of goes to show you um, how influential the media is and how ridiculous this whole thing is. They're protesting something that they themselves could avoid if they wanted to. If one of those owners said, you know what, I'm going to give him a shot, I'm going to throw some millions of dollars that's going to allow you to even come off the bench, all this stuff goes away. But now those pro- those guys would rather participate in the protest than to acknowledge, hey, look, I could use a quarterback with your skill set. You know, it's, so that's all I wanted to say. You do what you want to do. Stop, just stop jumping on the bandwagon. If you're passionate about something, be passionate about. It. Don't wait for the TV to tell you, you know, you should be passionate. Don't wait for your Facebook friends, you know, to tell you you should be hype. Let's get, you know, let's get fired up over this. No, do it yourself. You know, so it is what it is. Um, real quick, and one other last thing about what's going on in the world before I jump into uh, my, my discussion on, on uh, Insecure is uh, Wendy Williams. Now, like I said, I take no pleasure in, in predicting these events, but many of you may remember many years ago, back, actually back when uh, Monique uh, had her talk show and I did a show, I was talking about Monique, and I was right, you know, they came out around the same time doing TV. And I said then, I said, look, I'm not surprised. I said, I'm not surprised to hear that Monique has this open relationship with her husband. I'm not surprised that he's cheating and having sex with other women. I said the same thing about Wendy Williams. I said, you'd be crazy to think that he is, you know, faithful to her and wants to be with her. I mean, look how she looks. Look how she acts. Look how she presents herself, how she carries herself. She's loud. She's obnoxious. I mean, she's just like the worst in every possible way. And there's not a man on this planet who would literally wake, go to bed with her, wake up with her every morning, and be happy and not desire some type of comfort from someplace else. I mean, that might sound harsh. That might sound whatever you want to say, but it is 100% real. There's not a man on the planet that would want to be with Wendy Williams and certainly not ma- you know, stay married to her and faithful to her. So, no, I'm not surprised that Wendy Williams – her, you know, her husband has a side chick, a jump off that he, you know, evidently bought a house for. You know, I don't know what's going on, but come on, nobody should be surprised at that. Okay, and, you know, and that's not, again, it's not about looks, it's not about anything else. I'm going to talk about today about how this whole Issa Rae uh, character really shows this. But if you are not, you know, the type of woman who has values and morals. You know, then you can't, you know, a great personality, you really can't expect a man to want to be with you um, and, and love you and be faithful to you. It's just not going to happen. 
Does that mean that men should cheat? No. But it doesn't matter what should happen. What's going to happen is you're going to be cheated on if you have anything less than the best possible personality. All right. Let's uh, let, let's talk about this whole, uh, you know, the, where we left off. Now, in season one, you know, I left off, you know, we, we, we left the show with Lawrence reacting to Issa's cheating uh, by having sex with, uh, with Tasha. And I, as I told you guys, I was extremely happy about that. And real quick, anybody, if you're listening in today and you missed my, you know, part one, definitely listen. You know what I mean? Listen to that special. Listen to the all-time classic show, the most valuable information you could ever possibly hear. Um, you, iTunes, podcast, com. check it out. Now, he smashed off the, the, the chicken, and for that, it, for me, it was not so much about a sex thing. A lot of women look at these, these sexual, you know, uh, actions of men and assume it's just about sex. A lot of this stuff is more so about um, emotion. You know, it's, a lot of it is about hurt. Lawrence was hurt in that, in that season, the end of the season. He was hurt, and so he decided to just take out his frustrations on, on Tasha, you know, and just kind of do what he needed to do and say the heck with Issa, you know. I mentioned uh, I had I didn't see it before. I'll talk about it, but I didn't I didn't see it before uh, when I did the show. But I have I've seen it now. He ends up going back to Issa's crib, right? And uh, you know, and they end up having sex. A lot of people, you know, like I said last uh, last week, some people asked me like, why? You know, what was that about? Well, that's about revenge. That's about frustration. It's about the the the, the change and how I see you. You know, it's I, I no longer look at you as my future wife, but now it's just a sex thing. All right, let's. But so I don't talk more about that um, as the show goes on and kind of unpack that a little bit more. But let's talk about Easter. So at the beginning of season two, like I said, she's dealing with this breakup, and she doesn't deal with it well. She she's depressed. In fact, um, she's depressed. She she deals with this depression. By you know, in a, in a number of unhealthy ways, uh, one of those ways is through sex. You know, it's not even. I mean, the sex is not even um, the the issue. But my counseling, I, I talk a lot about uh, the six stages of addiction. You know, and so if you look at the first stage, it's not. You know, the addiction itself is not the problem. The problem is the craving. You understand that? It's like if I have a headache. Okay, you know, then I'm going to seek out something for the headache. You know, whether that's a tie, I might grab a Tylenol. So is the Tylenol my problem? No, the Tylenol isn't the problem. The problem is whatever's causing the headache. You see, it's like if I'm hungry, I go out and eat. Now, eating itself is not a bad thing. You can go out and eat all you want. If you're eating healthy, it's all good. You see what I'm saying to you? The problem is when you go out and, and, and binge eat. And do all types of crazy stuff, eat you know junk food and things like that. That's that that becomes the problem. But the initial problem is the hunger. You see, so what she does here is she deals with her depression with sex. Okay, and again, the 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 craving that she has is a craving for love. She just wants love. She wants to be held. She wants to be you know basically what she had with Lawrence. She wants that back. 
So instead of focusing on trying to get him back or getting something that's you know similar, she replaces she she tries to quench that thirst with sex, as many women do. See, that's a very common behavior. You know, most women out here, unfortunately, you know, they, they you know, early twenties, mid mid to, mid to late twenties, they're in some type of long term relationship, whether it's two years, three years, many cases, seven to ten years. You know, they've been with this guy, and then when that relationship ends, you know, late twenties, they're pushing thirty, upset, depressed, not sure which direction their life is going. What they do is, in their early to mid thirties, they wild out. There, and this is, I mean, this is no disrespect. But there are a lot of hoes out here in their mid to late 30s, okay? Same as Issa Rae in this show. You know, out here dating, you know, going on dates, going to the clubs, having sex, you know, doing all types of things that are unhealthy, very unhealthy behaviors. And if you see here, what she's doing is trying to cope, overcompensating for what she's lacking. You know, she's not, she's insecure. She's not really secure with her looks. She's not really secure with where she is in life. She's not even secure with her career. So she reaches out to different people, right? One of those people being who? Daniel, right? She goes out with him, you know, the ex. Ironically, the guy that, you know, caused her this, that even caused her to be in this situation to begin with, you know? And unfortunately, um, you know, Lawrence is basically doing the same thing. You know, I don't. I don't want people to uh, hear this and and think that you know this is something that is a one. You know, women are just the only ones that are hoes out here. No, absolutely, men when they go through breakups, you know, they become many men become hoes as well. They go on these sex sprees. They you know they go to the clubs. They go out you know with their homies and they go into the strip clubs. I mean, they're doing any and everything. To, to hide or mask the hurt and pain that they're dealing with. So it's not just Issa. I don't even want to think this, oh, let's bash Issa. Let's just, you know, talk about her being a hoe all day. No, I mean, don't get it wrong. She was and is a hoe on this show. Make no mistake about that. What you saw in, in this, these two seasons is absolutely a very, very accurate portrayal, probably one of the most accurate portrayals of dating and relationships that I've ever seen in, in movies or television. This is extremely accurate. You know, this is I see it all the time. You know how I many Issa Rae's uh, I counsel on a daily basis and have been doing so for the last 10 years? I, you know, so this is absolutely very real and very re- relatable for tons of women, this exact cycle. This is, I don't want anyone to hear this or to look at these shows or to hear this show right here and think that this is far-fetched or this is like an, an anomaly or anything like that. This, is, this happens every single day and actually is the number one reason why you see so many African-American, successful African-American women, single, not able to find love because of these very behaviors right here. Even if those behaviors aren't sexual behaviors, but again, that initial craving for love that, that turns into unhealthy habits and unhealthy actions. All right, that depression, uh, that insecurity, the low self-esteem, all of that plays a very significant role in, in dating and relationships. All right. Let's talk about Lawrence uh, for a second. I mentioned that he deals with the breakup in, in a similar way. Um, 
But what he does is he gets back with the chick, uh, Tasha, who he was uh, sleeping with at the end of season one. Now, what's, what I found, found very interesting about this is that I myself have dated a number of those types of women. What I mean by that is, you know, attractive, successful, single, no children, own crib, own car, independent woman, um, just kind of, you know, there, um, looking for love. I mean, looking for love eventually, but not really making that a priority. Um, open to the idea of having this this sexual uh, situation and just kind of like this situation that is, is it goes on on an ongoing basis. Like if you notice, like she didn't pressure him. She wasn't like, okay, what are we doing here? You know, are we in a relationship? Go ahead and up your dates, up, up that and all this foolishness. She was just kind of going with the flow. It's like, I like you. You like me. We're kicking it. And they even, you know, they kind of even got into it. When 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 it was revealed that they never became exclusive, so this is very common in dating and relationships today. You know, it, you know, if you let me just tell you, all this, if a man is having sex with you, okay, you guys are sleeping together, but there's never any conversation. Please understand, he is having sex with someone else. Okay, you. I mean, that should be. I would think you know, obvious, and I would think that would be common sense, but unfortunately, in today's society, it's not, uh, which is actually one of the reasons why we see so many uh, STDs and unwanted and unplanned pregnancies, abortions from black women, because they, they don't understand that fact. They think that they're in a exclusive situation, which is actually an, uh, uh, an oxymoron, right? There's no such thing as an exclusive situation. If it was exclusive, it wouldn't be a situation. It would be a relationship, right? And so that's what we have here with, with them, those two. And please understand, there's so many of these situations going on out there. You know, you end up sleeping together for a month, couple months, whatever, six months. Next thing you know, that condom is, is long gone. They're sleeping together, um, you know, having a lot of fun, just like those two did. Uh, but it's nothing. It's not exclusive. And it leaves the door open for him to sleep with other women. It leaves the door open for a lot of hurt feelings, as we'll talk about, um, with their whole you know, family reunion or whatever event it was that he played her at. Um, so, ladies, you know, just if you're listening, you just don't do that. Don't put yourself in these situations thinking that it's something that it's not and never will be. If a man wants you, he won't be okay with being your friend with benefits. I think that's, the, that's one of the things that women, most women have no idea about. They think that, you know, if he spends time with me, he likes me, he wants to be with me, you know, obviously because he's with me. No, wrong. And let's talk about the time. Ladies, first of all, if you look at the show, if you guys watched it, what did you pay attention to the conversation between Lawrence and his friend? If you paid attention to that conversation when they were discussing Tasha, what happened was is he specifically said, I get to chill all week. And I can only see her, I only get to see her on the weekends. The weekends is for sex. The weekends is for fun. And, and what you got to understand is when a man loves you, when a man wants to be with you, he's going to see you on Monday night, on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, like whatever it is. That she was like his, his little plaything, his after work special, Friday night freak. You know, Friday night, Saturday night. And that's what they did. They, had, they spent their weekends together. 
Now, see, with me back in the day, I was a little bit different. I was the opposite, but it was the same concept. For him, that's what worked for him. See her on the weekends, whatever. For me, the women that I was dealing with back in the day, I would just see them during the week because the weekends for me was time to go out with the homies and meet new women and different women. MIA, Friday night, Saturday night, and maybe I might see you Sunday night. But you see, and you see, if you notice, she was like, oh, yeah, why don't you come over? He's like, no, nah, I can't see you tonight, but how's Friday night? So it's like when you're a jump off, when you're a side chick, ladies, there are very, very specific times that that man is going to see you. And once you see those types of uh, restrictions being put on you and your situation, that should be a number one sign to get – I mean, I would, say, I would say get up out of there, but if you're in it, then you probably don't care to begin with. But if you're going to be in it, just know what it is. Don't be stupid and, let, and allow these men to have sex with you with no condom thinking that he's not – you know, he's only sleeping with you. That would – no disrespect, but that's just plain stupid. In 2017, that's very stupid to do, to have sex with a man and not think he's having sex with other women is absolutely preposterous. But yet millions and millions of black women do it every single day. You understand? It's crazy to me. That's why we see the STDs. That's why we see the abortions, pregnancies, and it's just a mess out here. It's an absolute mess. So what we have here. Um, and also, too, it's important to understand that a lot of women have these, they're independent. And, and I, I've mentioned this before. Um, one of the things that men do is they target women for a number of things. Obviously, looks, you know, attraction is one thing. But another thing that we target is their situation. What's your situation like? Like, do you have kids? Do you have your own place, some place I can just kind of get away to? I can just go chill with you. I don't need. We as men, ladies, don't understand. You, you got to understand. We don't want you at our place. If you are not our woman, you know what I'm saying. We don't want you there. You know, because a lot of times what happens is we'll sleep with you, and then you don't want to leave. You know, you get territorial. You get possessive. A lot of women get psycho. They're like popping up. They're like smashing windows, breaking stuff. That we don't need that, especially not in today's society. So. To avoid that, what a lot of men specifically do to avoid that is go to – they target women with their own place. They target women with their own things. So it's like if we chill, we're going to chill at your place. So you want to wild out and destroy your own crib, hey, go ahead. Go right on ahead. A lot of women don't know that. That's news to a lot of women. They're like, oh, snap, I didn't – that's why. I thought he was married. I thought he just didn't have his own – I thought he lived with his mom. No, nah, it's not that he lived with, with his mom. He just doesn't want you at his place. You know what I mean? A lot of y'all are crazy. A lot of y'all get real crazy when it comes to the sex. Men start turning around, y'all backing it up. That sets off something inside of you. Y'all go psycho in many cases. Not all y'all. You know what I mean? Y'all got to chill, man. Um, so, back to Issa. Back to Issa. I'm, I'm going to be jumping back and forth between these two. So, she's going through this depression. And as she, this is the funniest thing in the world. As she's going through this depression, as she's having sex with these different people, Derek, she reaches out to the maintenance man, the, the, you know, her lower floor neighbor. Um, she's dealing with these different guys, the guys that she meets on, on Tinder. I'll talk about that in a few minutes. She invites him to come over. She's still missing him. That's the craziest thing. There are women out here having getting smashed off 
on Friday nights, going on these dates with these dudes, getting smashed, but still yearning and longing for their ex. How y'all longing for your ex? <laughs> when, when, you, uh, when you're doing all these sexual things, that's crazy. Y'all got to chill with it. You know, I mean, if you find yourself thinking about another man, longing and missing another man, whether it's an ex or not, you need to heal. You, because if, you, if that's the case, you're only going to attract the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, the players, and the psychos. Okay? So what she does is she, she makes you, I guess he got jury duty or whatever it was. He has some mail, and she tells him to come over and get the mail. He comes over. Now watch this. This is so accurate. This happens every single day, all over the country, every single day. Nothing like it. What happens when he comes over? He comes over. He's very cold. He's very standoffish. It just kind of is what it is. You think he's about to leave. He kisses her. They end up having sex. Now, watch this. The problem with that is, the problem with that is, is what, what was missing? What was missing? Well, one of the things that was missing was the fact that he didn't use a condom. Right? Now, and why would he? You know what I mean? This is so common. She's having sex with other people. He's having sex with other people. But yet they have this long history with each other where there's comfort. What's the, you know, what's the condom for? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly why we see what we see again with the unwanted pregnancies, with the STDs, because he didn't tell her, oh, hey, by the way, I had, I'm having sex with someone else, raw, and she didn't tell him I'm having sex with someone else, most likely, raw, or multi, multiple other people, I'm pretty sure one of them raw, as much of a host she is on the show. You know what I'm saying? And that's just being honest. So all that, I mean, look at all those partners. That's all the partners that Tasha had. That's all the partners that Issa's guys have had. And then they're just bringing all that nastiness together to each other. I mean, isn't that disgusting? But that, imagine that. That's what happens. When, like, ladies, when y'all, when, that, when your ex comes over and y'all haven't spoken for two weeks and you say, oh, man, you know, I missed you and he, you miss him, he misses you, y'all sleep together, you know he's having sex, right? And he's just allowing all those other partners up into you. That's just crazy to me. But that's what goes on. You know, and so they have sex, and then that's that. You know, he gets up and he rolls out. How crazy is that? I'm sure she wanted to cuddle and and get back together, but that's just what it was. It was just sex. So what does she do next? What's Issa doing out here? What Issa does is she signs up for Tinder. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. I have absolutely nothing, no idea. I mean, I I know what it is. I have no experience with Tinder. I've never been on it. I've never had a password on there. I have no idea. I'm a married man, seven years. Um, So I have no experience with it. Normally, I like to be able to speak about things from my personal experience, but I'm not familiar with that. Um, But from what I understand, it is a sex dating site. I shouldn't say it. No, it's it's a dating site, but primarily used to meet people to have sex with. Um, and so what we see from her is um, she's, she's chatting with, with multiple guys, different guys, and she's frustrated. She's frustrated. You know, she's not meeting who she wants to meet. She can't go over Lawrence. So what does she do? 
And this is this is just like that. See, and I've dealt with a lot of women, okay, and I've dealt with loose women. But this is not even this is not even on that level. This is like on like some the worst possible type of host stuff. Where she just texts the dude saying, Look, you trying to you trying to have sex. I'm trying to F F U C K. And that's like I'll, I'll be honest, I don't even know if I've ever had a woman say that to me. And I've dealt with a number of women who are absolute freaks and will let you know, like, all right, you know, it's going down if you want to go down, like I I want you this and that. But I, I don't think I've ever had a woman hit me up. And be like, yo, what's good? You trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just, like that's like some, some type, some prostitute type stuff, you know? And so, that just kind of goes to show you how far gone she is in this season, how hurt she is, um, and that's very common, you know. I've seen so many stories and heard so many different things um, from women where they allow their hurt, their pain, their resentment to make them do some you know, just totally off-the-wall things, okay? She didn't even play hard to get. She didn't even, you know, go through the – or make the man go through the motions. A lot of times, because you know, if you're on Tinder, I mean, you know what it is. But even on Tinder, there's still some type of, you know, foreplay or conversation prior to, you know, linking up to get it in. But she just skipped all of that and said, look, what's good? You trying to – you know what I mean? Now, and I said this is this is where the irony uh, comes in. You know, when she got there, and I I, I know I'm skipping around, and this most likely was even before um, the whole Lawrence situation. I, I realized that, but even when she got there, you know, she was there for the sex. They're, they're kissing and doing different things, and she's playing the games. You guys have heard me talk in the past about, you know, the tug of war with the panties. Um, and then after, you know, it just gets so awkward to the point that, you know, he's pissed off, she's pissed off. It's like, look, we can just do this another time. And he's like, I thought this was pretty much a sure thing. I thought this was guaranteed. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And that's just how women are. It, it, it's, I'll tell you guys something. From a male standpoint, there are very few things. Like if you're a guy out there and you're playing this whole game, you're doing the dating thing, you're having sex, there is absolutely nothing more annoying. Um, and I'm not even going to say frustrating because it's just more annoying than a woman who's a hoe, a woman who's a freak, and lets you know that she's a freak. And it is 100% obvious that she's a hoe, but plays sexual games. Uh, back in the day, me and Gerald did a show entitled Sex Games. Um, sex Games and the games being played in and out of the bedroom where I discussed you know, just just that, you know, that very thing, like these sex games that Issa's pr- playing, games like Molly is playing, things like that. You know, it, it's disgusting. It's not sexy. I mean, it, honestly, the funny thing about it is, it's the funniest thing, the most ironic thing. And it's, it, it really listen to what I'm about to say, because this is very important. A lot of women play these games, and even why Steve Harvey is a multimillionaire now because of this concept, the 90-day rule. Women think that making a man wait for sex will improve the way that that man views them, okay? Women think that, you know, playing those games, playing hard to get will make you not look like a hoe. It's not, you know what I'm saying, it will make us respect you more. Please understand, ladies, it absolutely does not. absolutely does not make us respect you. You making us wait 
when you've already made it 100% clear that you're a hoe, that you're a freak, is, is like literally the most annoying thing known to man. We would, ironically, we would respect you more if you actually just gave it up than to give it you know, on the first date. You know what I'm saying? You could give it up on the first date and a man respect you more than if you make him wait two weeks after you've already sexted us, you know, texted pictures of your, your, your breasts you know, did freaky videos and said this and that, you're texting this and that, but you're making me wait. It's like, come on, that you don't get respect for that. That just gets, you know, that makes a man just want to have sex with you in the most, you know, roughest possible way and just never call you. That's what that, that really is why you see a lot of men behaving how they behave after the sex. It's out of the frustration. It's like, hey, you made me go through all this, and, and you know, now I don't want anything to do with you. You know, I mean, it may, I'm just keeping it real. The fellas know exactly what I'm saying. A lot of women is like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know all this. I didn't think it was that complicated. Yeah, it's complicated, but, again, it's not meant to be had. Fornication is not meant to be had. Fornication is a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing good about it. It's not supposed to flow like you want it to flow and just everything runs smooth because it's the same. You know what I'm saying? So let's so so back to Issa. This is the craziest thing I think I've ever seen. But it's, it's I think I, one of the reasons for this popularity, the popularity of the show amongst men and women, is that like I said, you're, you we're not used to seeing this. Now you guys can listen to my show. You guys have been listening to my show for you know, over ten years. You know what I'm saying? So you hear this stuff every day, but it's a little bit different actually seeing it on television. Like when you can turn on the TV and you can actually see women acting and behaving like hoes, you know, what does she do? She actually asks her friends, hey, look, Molly, teach me how to hoe. And I, I, I was like, what? I actually laughed out loud. My wife just looked. See, my wife gets pissed off. She, she gets mad. I, I just take my notes silently because if I say something, if I make comments, or I react, she's like, you know, can't we just watch this show? So I just kind of keep my comments to myself because she just wants to watch and be entertained. I'm watching so I could do this show. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, and, and, and the entertaining. It is entertaining to me. I'm not going to front like it's not entertaining. Certain shows are not to me. But this is a very entertaining show, interesting show. But she asked her friends uh, to teach her how to hoe. She asked her friends how, how to give away her body, how to have sex with niggas, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and do it in the, in the best possible way. And where this comes from, is out of hurt, hurt, pain, and resentment. And there's several, there are many examples of this, but I have two that I'll share with you. If you look at who saw, how many of y'all saw uh, Monsters Ball? You look at Halle Berry in Monsters Ball, where she had just lost her son. Her son was killed. He got hit by a car, and so she was obviously distraught. She was depressed. She was upset. She was hurting. And what did she say to Billy Bob Thornton? She said, Billy Bob make me feel good. She says, I just want to feel good. I want to stop the hurt. And so all he knows to do is give her what she's asking him, make her feel good. So he, he smashes it. He has sex with her. And that's what a lot of women do. They close their heart off to love and any type of emotion. It's kind of like getting high. You know, it's like, you know, whether it's lean or molly or cocaine, whatever the, the your drug of choice is or alcohol, you, you know, a lot of people 
do those things to block out the pain, some type of pain that they're feeling. That's what Halle Berry did in Monsters Ball. That's what Rihanna did uh, for a long time after Chris Brown. I remember watching the Barbara Walters interview she she did, and she said, like, she was like, I think she said something to the effect of, you know, do you think you'll ever have love, Rihanna? And she was just like, no, just F. She's like, F love. That You know, next several months after you saw these women with the, with the T-shirts on, F love, that was like the new catchphrase for everybody. But, you know, obviously after you go through a, a turbulent relationship, you know, you get beat up, um, you know, she, she closed off her heart. Look at Serena Williams. Um, many, many, a lot of people don't even remember this, but I talked about this maybe, I want to say, maybe six, seven years ago here on the show where she had just come out of a bad relationship and she had made headlines. She did an interview and she was like, you know what? I'm done with love. How many, y'all remember that? I did a whole thing on it. You know, she said, I'm done with love. I'm not, I don't want love. I just want to focus on me. I'm done. She said, I'm, she said specifically, I'm closing my heart off to love. Right? And based on what she had just come out of, I don't know if that was common. I don't know if that was the white dude. I don't know if that was around the Drake situation. But that's when she was, like, dealing with all of them. Afterwards, she was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm closing my heart off to love. Next thing you know, many years later, in and out of different relationships, she's, she's pregnant. You know, and congratulations to her. Um, but I really hate to say this, um, but, and I, again, I, don't, I take no pleasure in these predictions, but I think you guys, if you're familiar with me, I don't think this will surprise you, but I don't believe that she will be with this guy for a very long period of time. I think it will be a, a similar situation to what Janet Jackson is going through. Um, she, you know, she had this baby. They're going to do what they do for a little while. Next thing you know, she will, um, you know, they'll announce their separation. She'll be a single parent. And that's just going to be what it is. I 100% guarantee that. I put just, I'm just putting that out there. Because, you know, when 9, 27, 12, 38, you know, p.m., you know, just when you see the headline, you know, re- refer back to this show. Remember I said that. Because you can't base a... Uh, long-term relationship, you can't base love off of a foundation of emotional unavailability. All right? And I could be totally wrong, but if you guys know my track record, I'm probably not. All right? Now, what else is going on? So if you look back into the, at the show, Issa is out here. She, she asks her friends, teach me how to hoe, and they do what a lot of girls do. You know, they take the girls' trip, which we talked about, uh, on the last show, you saw that in season one, they took the girls' trip. A lot of women become hoes. In fact, if if you if you missed my special on girls' trip, the movie girls' trip, please listen to that show because, in my opinion, and you know, I've been, you know, I know y'all make fun of me for saying this. That actually was one of the realer shows that I've ever done, uh, and most important shows because it showed exactly what goes on on these girls' trips, but also the mentality behind it. Okay, and that's really what I try to focus on. I try not to focus so much on the the actions, but more so on the mentality behind the actions. And I think that's what I did uh, a good job of on on this special on girls trip, and what I'm trying to do with this this uh, two or three part special on uh, HBO's Insecure. So if you look at Issa's behavior, she starts dealing, you know, just going around, going. She's like a dude. Back in the day, me and my homies used to go out. What we would do, we would split up. 
You know what I'm saying? You, all right, you go that way, I go this way. We would just circle the club and just see what was out there, talking to different women, dancing with different women, getting numbers, this and that, scoping out the spot, just on the prowl, literally, on, like literally on the prowl for women. And, you know, there were times we would leave out five numbers, six numbers, ten numbers in one night, all beautiful women. And it's and if you look at this show, that's exactly what Issa's doing. She's behaving just like a man on the prowl. You know, and I think a problem, one of the major problems is in today's society is we're seeing a great gender role reversal. Women are assuming the, uh, you know, the, the, the characteristics of men. Men are assuming the characteristics of, of women. See a lot of fruitcakes out here. These men out here acting like women, you know, behaving like women, and women behaving like men. It's, and we wonder why we're seeing the dissolution of the black family. It's not. There is no black family. Everyone is. Everything's opposite. It's backwards. You know. But then again, what does the Bible say? First shall be last. Last will be first. Like everything will be the the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? It'll be opposite. So she's going around the club, and this is the this was just plain funny to me. But it was funny. But I'm gonna tell you why it was funny. The guy said, and this is like comedy way, but the man says. I guess she's trying to talk to this dude, and he's like, look, well, do you have any other friends? Like, where are your, your, your pretty friends, your attractive friends? He was totally disinterested. Now, Issa Rae is not an ugly woman, okay? She's not an unattractive woman, although I did say that she was on the first season. Um, although I will say, I'm going to kind of, you know, backpedal a little bit, a little bit. She actually is not as unattractive as she used to be, or as I once thought she was. Because if you look at the first season, she's out of shape. She, you know, but she she uh, slims down a little bit and see. Well, actually, a lot. I don't know how much weight she lost, but she lost a lot of weight. Um, and she just looked better. She just looked better uh, to me. Um, and so that's that's just that. But this in the in the in the show, what a lot of people have to understand is that not even just in the show, but in real life. Men don't necessarily see, and this is, yeah, I really got, when we look at a woman, we see what you see when you look in the mirror. Just let that marinate for a little bit. Like, imagine yourself as a woman standing in front of the mirror, and you're seeing a reflection, right? You're seeing what's actually there. So then imagine a man coming up behind you and seeing exactly what you see. That's what we see when we see you out in, a, in public. A lot of women think that they can hide their hoish tendencies. They think they can hide their depression. They think they can hide their insecurities and low self-esteem. They think they can hide their psycho nature in many cases. But we see all of it. It's called a vibe. A lot of women are hoes. A lot of women are freaks. But they try to come off as Christian women. They try to come off as virtuous. We see it. See, that's, and that's why I do the counseling. That's why I, I, I take the mask off, you see what I'm saying, and, and, and allow you to be who you actually are. You can't hide stuff. If you're hurting, you shouldn't be dating because if you're dating, we're going to see the hurt. You can't hide it. I don't know, how do you, how do you, what do you mean by that? How do you men see it? I don't know how we see it. We just see it. You can't hide it. And so a man is going to treat you based on how you are as opposed to how you think we see you, okay? That's how that works. 
So what she's doing is she's going around trying to get numbers and having sex with all these different guys. You know, that's just the vibe that she's projecting for. You know, and so what I'm saying to you is the man, he asked about her friends, not necessarily because of how she looked, but just she just she was obviously insecure. She was obviously depressed and just a big mess. And no one, no one would have wanted to deal with her, her character. And, then, and what you got to understand is there are a lot of Issa Rays out here, professional, well-dressed, even nice personality, but they're just hot messes, and they can't understand why anyone or why no one wants to deal with them on a serious level, on a non-sexual level. If you're one of just real quick, if you're one of those women that you know what I'm saying, like you can't understand it. I've been doing this for a long time. Call me eight five five fifty five day nine. Shoot me an email ask day nine at gmail. You know because you know we'll set up a free consultation. This is real. If you come off like that, you're never gonna have love. So unless you start the process of fixing it, you know what I'm saying. I hate to say it, but you're gonna be single forever because you're trying to hide. You're trying to date. With a mask on. All right. So what happens next? She runs into Derek. Right. Wait. What the heck is his name? Is it Derek or Daniel? Whatever the heck his name. I get these names confused. Whatever the heck the guy's name is. All right. She the ex. I'll call him the ex. They end up having sex. Okay. After all these different guys, she ends up uh, having uh, relations. With 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 his with her ex, not because she wants to be with him, but because she wants just that 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 that, that companionship, all right, uh, that 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 love, that feeling that she had with with uh with Lawrence, right, and unfortunately, he's not even on that level, you know what I mean? He's not even looking at her in that way. He's basically looking at her like. You're you're a familiar piece of ass, right? That's basically what that is—a familiar piece of ass. It's 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 blunt. It you know it's harsh, but that is how many women out here are being viewed—a familiar piece of ass. We know that you're not really. Well, I can't say that because I don't know if he knew that he was if what she was doing, but he certainly was having sex with her. You know, most likely with no condom. But in most cases, um, these men are confident that these women are not sleeping with other men. That's why they feel like they feel comfortable taking that condom off and doing what they do. And meanwhile, Issa Rae, she's, she's going through her, what does she call it? Her potation. You know what I mean? A, 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 ho, a hotation. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my wife just texted me. The ex is Daniel. I, don't have, I have no idea why I got Derek. Uh, but it's Daniel. So I, I know what Derek is. <laughs> Derek is the main character from my novel, The Love We Had. If y'all haven't read it yet, check it out on Amazon. Order it. You know what I mean? Support. Best book you ever read in your life. Um, yeah, the main character is Derek. I, that's why That's why I was uh, getting the names. But, yeah, Daniel, excuse me. Daniel looks at her as a familiar freak, a familiar piece of ass, someone that he can just sleep with. All right. Now, a lot of women out here, they're going through what she's going through, a hotation. That's called, um, you know, that's when women have, you know, an ex. Women have a jump off, a side piece. 
Well, they call it side nigga. <laughs> He's the side nigga. How many, yo, how many dudes has she built? So she got, let's count them out. So we got Daniel. We got the dude in the apartment, right, the downstairs apartment. Um, there was the dude that she tried to sleep with, but it just didn't kind of, the dude from uh, Temptations. I mean, not Temptations, uh, a uh, new edition movie. Um, but there, there's several, you know what I mean? There's several dudes that she is actively either sleeping with or, or trying to sleep with. And she never takes time to heal. Now let's see what else we have uh, women doing. You know, they're, they're, what does she do? You guys have been listening to me for the last 10 years talking about what's in the bottom of the sock drawer, right? Y'all know about the bottom sock drawer, <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's funny because y'all literally have been have heard me and Gerald and Courtney and everybody else on this show making jokes about what just about all women have in the bottom sock drawer, right? And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the rabbit. I don't know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know what you got down there, but most women have something in the bottom of the sock drawer. And if you look at the show, what's it, what was Issa have? She had something. You know, but unfortunately, she didn't have any batteries. So she was trying to, you know, get the battery situation. Didn't really work out for her. So she was a little upset about that. And, and that's it's very accurate. What we have here is a lot of women who are um, not necessarily celibate, but there's maybe no one at that point that they want to sleep with. So they turn, they you know, they, they satisfy their own sexual needs with, uh, with what's in the bottom of the spectrum. So... One of the things I found to be interesting about Issa and, and many women is that they're, they become hoes. They be, and I, I say that not like a derogatory way, but they just become very promiscuous. They, you know, they have sex with a lot of people. But the problem with it is they're not even good hoes. You know, somebody laughed at me last week when I, when I called her. I classified her as a, a friendly hoe. You know what I mean? But she's not even a good hoe in bed. Right? I mean, it's like if you're going to be good, like, first of all, ladies, it's important to understand is if, if a man only wants you for sex, right, you, you better be sure that you're at least good at that. I mean, you know what I mean? You can't be a hoe if you're lousy in bed. That kind of defeats the purpose. You know what I mean? Like, and this is what she wants. This is what she's saying she wants. She wants to be a hoe. Teach me how to hoe. I want to put these men on my hoe-tation. Well, that's fine. If they're going to be a hoe, well, at least be a good hoe. Now, unfortunately... She's very awkward, like she butts heads with the dude, and she, you know, she just, you know, the whole positioning isn't, you know, it never really works out. And so I don't think there was any good sex scenes um, from her in that, in, in that show. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you look at Molly, you know, on the contrary, she seems to be a very good hoe. She's a hoe nonetheless, but she at least seems like she's a freak and is good with what she does. Issa, not so much. Now, and I'm going to talk about it, trust me. Don't, you might be thinking, oh, man, he hasn't really said anything about Molly. I'm going to talk about Molly. I'm going to do a whole show on Molly. Be clear about that. That's, that's part three. But right now there's so much going on with Issa. Um, so let's, let's, let's take a break from Issa because the ladies might be getting mad at me. But, oh, you, you bashing her. And this, no. let's, let's talk about Lawrence. Let's talk about some things that Lawrence ends up doing. As, as I said, Lawrence is, has become – uh, I won't say just as much of a hoe as Issa, but he is dealing with his uh, the, with the breakup and his feelings surrounding the breakup 
in, in his own sexual way. Like I told you, he's dealing with the chick, uh, Tasha, but then he's going out with his homies. Uh, but then he, he goes out, and this is very random, and this is very, um, this is very accurate. It's it, you know, and I, without being too uh, personal or too uh, descriptive, um, many men can absolutely relate to what happened with Lawrence and the two freaky white chicks. It it, it happens just like that, and it doesn't have to be just white women because it's like random. Like you might meet somebody in in the in the Macy's in Macy's. You're looking at a shirt. And y'all are feeling each other. You sneak off into the Macy's bathroom. And, you know, like stuff like that happens literally all the time, you know. And there's so many hoes out here. And not to say it like that, but there are so many women out here who are literally down to do whatever, whenever. That's why it, it was a debate recently in the Friends of the Day on Tolbert Show group where is a woman a hoe if she carries condoms? You know what I'm saying? And I said, oh, you're, you're damn right she is. If a woman carries condoms in her purse, she is absolutely a hoe. I don't care who feels some type of way about that. You might have condoms in your purse. Ask yourself why. The condoms in your purse aren't for your boyfriend. The condoms in your purse certainly aren't for your husband or for that random guy you might hook up with after happy hour with your girlfriends or that guy you might happen to go home with on Saturday night after the club and you want to be prepared in case he's not prepared. That's what that's for. And if you are the type of woman that has random sexual encounters with men, that makes you a hoe, period. Okay? Those two white women in the show are hoes. Issa Rae is a hoe. Molly is a hoe. This show is filled with hoes. It's not a white thing. It's not a black thing. It's not a man thing. It's not a woman thing. It's, it's anyone. Men, men who carry condoms in their wallets, guess what, ladies? They're hoes. Why? Because you never know what could happen at Macy's. You never know what could happen in church. You never know what could happen after the club, in the supermarket. You never know what could happen, okay? And if, that, if, you, if you do that type of behavior on a regular basis, guess what? That makes you a hoe, you know? So what happens here, he goes out to the grocery store. You know, he left his debit. He gets pulled over by the cops. His debit card falls out of his wallet, and so he doesn't have his card on him. And so he ends up... Uh, you know, at the at the cashier with no money. And so the, the chicks were like, he's like, look, I'll just go to my crib and get the, get my card. She was like, oh, no, we got you. We'll pay for it. You know, sure. So they pay for his food. They get to talking. I guess they were failing your boy. And uh, they took him back to the crib and, um, you know, threesome. And, and I cannot stress enough, ladies. I'm not here to lie to you. I'm not here to be Mr. Popularity. But the reality is, I don't care how Christian you are, I don't care how you know good or wholesome you think your man is. We're all grown, and just about every man out there has had a similar experience. Now, it may not have been with two freaky white chicks, you know, it may not have been you know a threesome, but he's had his fair share of sex, and and, and most likely. He's had his fair share of sex that you don't know about. You think you got yourself a good Christian man. You think, oh, he's a, he's, a, he's a man of God, and I'm sure he is. But don't you think for a second that he hasn't smashed off a couple hoes. He hasn't had a couple threesomes. 
he hasn't ran a couple of trains with his homies. Not to say everyone has, but please don't think that your man is above that. Now, you know what I mean? And like, just because he hasn't told you about those things. And the fellas are smiling right now to themselves, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I did that, but I would never tell my wife that exactly, but he'll tell his homies that, right? I know I've heard a lot of stories that, you know, a lot of men's wives don't know about, just like my wife doesn't know about a lot of my stories, and she has no desire to, unless, you know, she hears on this show. But there are tons of stories I haven't even shared on this show. And that's okay. Like, if you're okay with that, then that, is, you know, it is what it is. But a lot of women like to live in a, a, a somewhat of a, you know, a twilight zone, you know, their own little bubble where they think, oh, no, you're fine. No, he just doesn't do any of that. He's this and that. Nah, come on. He has a past. Okay? Just like you have a past, ladies, that you would like to, I'm sure, leave in the past, guess what? So does he. So he smashes off the hose. The two, she, y'all heard what she said. I was cracking up. I, I'm not even gonna repeat what was said in that scene, but yeah, if y'all saw the scene, you, you, I'm sure you, you, uh, you found it to be as funny as I did, because it's very, you know, every, well, I can say every man, but a lot of men have had many experiences with uh, freaky white women, and so it's very funny, uh, to say the least. <laughs> um, so and this is what's interesting though. After that, and this is, you know, that doesn't happen every. You know, as, as common as it is, it doesn't happen every day. A lot of men have never experienced anything like that. So when, you, when something like that happens, one of the first things you want to do is tell your friends, you know. And so that's what men do. You know, they tell their friends about it. And this is what was interesting. How many of you remember the story from back in the day that I told you about one of my friends? I told this story many times on the show. I was saying he, went, he was really feeling this young woman, and he went out with her. And he was, he was planning on wifing her up. He really, really, really liked her. He was going to wife her up. He was going to make her his girlfriend. But at the end of the date, they had sex. And he called me up to tell me about it. And I was like, he's like, yeah, man, I hit, you know. And I could hear in his voice that he was not excited. Now, a lot of women would hear that story. Like, what, what was wrong? I mean, I would think that's all men want sex, don't they? I mean, isn't that what all these men want? They just want one thing, right? And I said, no. I said, no, these men are actually looking for a wife. And so if a man finds a woman that he actually views in that way, and then she does certain things that take herself out of that category, then that's going to be very disappointing. And this is what we see here with Lawrence. What happened with Lawrence is is, as excited as most people would think that he was after having crazy sex with two freaky white chicks, all he really wanted was Issa. You know what I'm saying? All he really wanted was, you know, uh, his his girlfriend back, you know. And even though he was mad at her, even though he, at the end of the day, really didn't even want to be with her because of what she did, he still had that longing for that feeling. A lot of women think that they want you. You know, like a lot, a lot of y'all women think that these men want to be with you. It's not that they want to be with you per se, but they just want that feeling. You know, and that's why you see the, the uh, indecisiveness. That's why you see the back and forth. Because it's not if he just if he wanted to be with you, he would be with you, and everything would be all good, right? But it's not that he doesn't want he doesn't want to be with you. Just like Lawrence didn't want to be with Issa, he just wanted he he was uh, he's longing for that companionship. And what a lot of women don't understand is that, um, you know, these men 
a lot of them, some of them are hoes, but Lawrence really isn't um, a player. That's not really what he wants. That's not really the stage that he's in. You hear me talk a lot about the stages. Lawrence is actually in that ready to settle down stage. He's, you know, but as you guys hear and have heard over the years, sometimes when a man is in the ready to settle down stage, he will still have random sex. Not to say that that you know, that's just not what he wants. It just may happen. Now, if you're in the dog or the player stage, that's what you're actively looking to do, right? That's what you're actively looking to do if you're in the dog of the place. But in the ready-to-settle-down stage, you're looking for a wife. But even in the quest for a wife, certain things may happen. You know, it's all the, the stages are about not so much about actions, but more so about mentality, if that makes sense to the ladies. Um, the fellas already know what it is, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, so like I said, he, t- he tells his friend about it, and he's not even he's not even all that excited, you know? Um, they were planning on going out and having all types of fun, but you know, you end up just kind of hanging out at the crib. Now, back to this, this is what we see. You know, if you look at Issa, back to Issa, you see Issa has gone on off on this quest to become a hoe. You know, she says, "I want to, I want to increase my hotation. I want to, you know, wild out. I want to have some fun. I want to take my mind off of Lawrence." And the problem with that, well, I shouldn't say the problem, but in order for that to happen, you have to have friends that share a similar, you know, mentality and actions. And obviously she does. She has those friends. She has hoes as friends. She's best friends with Molly, who's a a certified hoe, who has no moral compass to live by. Um, and, and the only one that's really seems like a decent person is uh, is the the light skinned chick, the uh, the one that's married to the light skinned dude. And um, but the rest of them, they're just all out there. Case in point, <laughs> they go out, and I like I, I've seen this myself. I've seen this firsthand. Um, these women, they go out, you know, bunch of grants like with, in the Biggie video, or they say you can get your friends, I get my friends, we can be friends, and all that stuff. And so they go out to the club, they go out to the diner. You know, what happens at the diner? What's the, what's the, the bigger uh, chick table at the diner? She's getting fingered under the table. Now, let me just explain. Now, first of all, you got to understand something. I'm not, I'm not judging her, but you do have to understand. They just met. So, you know what I'm saying? If you are engaging in that type of behavior with someone that you just met, I know people in today's society will probably disagree, and if you try to tell someone this, they'll call you judgmental. But I'm old school, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if you just meet someone and you allow a stranger to finger you in public under a table, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're a hoe. <laughs> you understand that? that? That should be obvious. That should be common sense. That's, you know, she's a hoe. You know, and guess what? If you allow someone to finger you in public under a table in a diner, then you're most likely going to let them smash later that night or whenever. And that, too, makes you a hug. Um, and so what she's done is she's surrounded herself with, with hoes. You ever heard the expression birds of a feather flock together? That's why 
you know, when you go out, a lot of time these men, you know, they're they're not just talking to you, but they're also to they try to smash, but they're they're talking to your friends. I was the type of guy, man. I was an unselfish player back in the day, very unselfish. I was the type of guy. I was the facilitator. I was like the LeBron James of of of, of male hoes. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like I was the pastor. I was the setup guy. I would, you know, I would do all the work. I would introduce myself to the initial woman and meet her, get the number. The first thing I would do is, all right, so who'd you come with tonight? Where where your girlfriends at? You got, you know, I got two friends with me. I need two friends with my, with, with, uh, you know, for them. And so they would, you know, okay, well, let me see. Let me go talk to my friend and let me call somebody up and this and that. And so, you know, that's how it goes. You know, and so, and that is unfortunate. Unfortunately, ladies, I sell it to say, if you have a friend who's a hoe and you're not a hoe, it might be a good idea to kind of disassociate yourself from her um, publicly because I don't care what you say, you will be viewed as a hoe also. Okay? There's, there's, that's just how it is. A man is not going to look at you differently that he looks at your friends, no matter what. If you if you have if you hang out with known like if I meet you, for example, and you're out with your girlfriends, and it's obvious that your girlfriends are hoes, whether they're all of them dudes' faces or dressed like hoes, whatever. It doesn't matter who you are. You're not going to be taken seriously. Now you could say, well, that's not fair. It doesn't have to be fair. Life isn't fair. That's just what it is. I'm just telling you what it is. Okay, you may want to disassociate yourself because you will be lumped into one big uh, category. Now, this, this, and again, this, 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 I'm thankful for this show. Let me tell you, I'm thankful for this show because even though, as I talked about in the first uh, part one, it's absolutely furthering the the agenda uh, for white supremacy, for racism, uh, for the dissolution of the black family. It's absolutely doing that by perpetuating these stereotypes that black women are looked at as 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 whores and and different things like that. Like that's how it's always been. This show absolutely does a great job of perpetuating that that reality in the way that they will always see us. Um, but aside from that, um, I'm, I'm glad that it, it's here because a lot of the hoish behaviors of women in today's society go virtually unnoticed. You know, you don't ever really see this. There's never been a show, there's never been a movie where you really saw the average woman going through hurt, pain, and resentment while out, you know, and and, and, and be a hoe. You know, like I said, Mary Jane was just on a, it's, it's different. It's accurate as well, but it's just different. She's a different type of hoe. And Issa Rae is, some, is a character that we have never seen anywhere before on television uh, or or film. And so I'm really, but yet there are Issa's everywhere, okay, all over and have always been. It's just that we've never really seen an accurate portrayal uh, of that, uh, of that type of, of woman on screen before. And so what we see here, if you look at the, you know, go back to the, the uh, they go out, what are they doing? What are they talking about? Well, they're talking about sucking penis. Okay, these women are, are, are talking about how how good they are. They're talking about how much they like it. They're talking about how freaky they are. 
who deserves it, who doesn't deserve it, how you should stroke it. Let me ask you a question. Do y'all see what's happening here? Do y'all see? Back in the day, there were shows like A Different World, just celebrated 30 years back in the day when it premiered, um, Cosby Show, all these types of wholesome shows, Good Times. And now we go from those types of things to shows like Mary Jane, you know, um, where you see all these freaky black women. You know, Mary Jane getting smashed off in the closet, Issa Rae sucking dick. You know what I'm saying? Girls trip. They're doing the grapefruit thing. These are black. We are so much better as a as a people than how we are being allowing ourselves to be portrayed in film and television. Y'all are worried about boycotting the NFL. I don't give a damn about the NFL. I honestly don't. Y'all are so hype about this NFL stuff. I haven't been talking about it because I really don't care. What I want to see people boycott is, is are the studios, uh, these television shows, these movies, the, the you know songs that depict black women as whores, sluts, you know what I'm saying, uh, just all types of negative things. That's what we should be protesting. You know what I'm saying? That's what really matters. We live in America. America is racist. New, I mean, it's not news. Everyone knows that. But this is the real attack, the dissolution of the black family. And I want us to stop supporting things that perpetuate this this whole thing, okay, that agenda. But yet nobody talks about it. You know what I'm saying? Everyone, again, this stuff is all a distraction. All this Donald Trump stuff. All this NFL stuff, Colin Kaepernick, is nothing more than a distraction to distract from the real problems that are really affecting us in our own community that we have actual control over. The go- we have no control over the government. We have no control over what NFL owners do. But we do have control over having millions and millions and millions of abortions every year in the black community. We do have control over these STDs. We do have control over you know, putting these families back together, not allowing, stop, you know, letting these women stop being hosed, letting these men run out on their families. We have control over those things, yet we ignore them and want to focus on what they tell us we should focus on. It's ridiculous. I, y'all don't, I don't do that. Y'all, y'all, one of the reasons why I don't need to be on any type of large network, because guess what? I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about, when I want to talk about it. You see how that works? That's what I like. You know, and whoever listens is whoever listens. But this, that we have to get back to, to talking about things that matter, not things that we have no control over, not things that will never change, have never changed. You know, I mean, stuff that we can actually affect. Look at what else is going on here. So they're talking about, oh, yeah, I like doing this and, this is how you do it. This is well. How about you see what happens there? You see what happens when you have when you put yourself into a certain sexual classification. You know, you you talk about sucking dick and you want to be a hoe. This well, guess what, ladies? You, you, if you do that, um, that's how a man is going to treat you. Okay, what what am I talking about? What what Daniel does is he brings her over to the crib, and she wants to be this freak now. She was the good girl with Lawrence, but now she wants to be a freak. Well, 
She wants to go down on him, do this and that. Well, what happened to him? You know, what did Biggie say in the song? I like him educated so I could bust off on their glasses. But he, the problem is he's talking about hoes. You see what I'm saying? If you present yourself like a hoe, if you are a hoe, men are going to treat you like a hoe. You're gonna, you, that tramp stamp you got on your back, he's going to be, you know, having sex with you and just bust off right there. or He's going to bust off in your face. Or, you know what I'm saying, stuff that a man would never do to his wife. Y'all want to be wives, but you allow men to do these disrespectful things. I saw a woman with a shirt with Issa Rae's face on it. She said, she's Team Issa. I said, Team Issa? Well, then you must be a hoe. If you if you Team Issa, then you must be a hoe. And your girlfriends must be hoes because Issa is a hoe. And her girlfriends are hoes. You know? And so that's what happens. Just understand, ladies, men do not do things, sexual things, that are disrespectful to their wives, okay? They do not do disrespectful things to women that they care about, you know? In my opinion, I could be totally off. Y'all could be doing all types of crazy stuff out there. But in my opinion, a man is not going to bust off in his wife in her eye or in his girlfriend, in her eye. That's, that's nasty. If anything, it's like, oh, chill, chill. Let me you know, chill for a minute. I'm about to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, oh, just stop for a minute, you know, but not, like, in your face. That's disrespectful, okay? And I'm just being honest with you. That is not something that a man is going to do if he gives a damn about you, okay? A man is not going to, this is kind of different, but, I did a whole show on threesomes and trains, but a man is not going to invite his friends over, you know, when when y'all are being intimate, if he cares about you. That's not a threesome. That's a train. Okay? Got to understand that. And a lot of women, they're doing these, they're either doing these freaky things or they're allowing men to do freaky things to them and with them because they think that that's what they have to do to secure a husband. They say, oh, well, you have to be a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets. Well, we're in the sheets, even though you're not my man, but we are, in fact, in the sheets, so I have to be a freak, and that's how I'll get the ring from you. Ladies, you, a lot of y'all shoot yourselves in the foot by being freaks. You, you, you shoot yourself in the foot by being hoes. It's, not, it's, it's a very thin line, a very thin line. It's almost non-existent between being a freak and a hoe, okay? And please understand, neither gets married to men who are going to be faithful. Because I'm about, y'all, 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 y'all thought y'all caught me. They said, well, I know, hold on, Dana. I know a lot of freaks out here. I know a lot of women that's been with a lot of dudes, and I know a lot of people who actually get married, and this, I was just a bridesmaid, and I know for a fact she was a hoe because she stole my man. And listen. You, a lot of women get married. Wendy Williams is married. Monique is married, you know. Megan Good is married. But a lot of these women have men that are absolutely out here doing all types of crazy stuff. So just because a woman gets a ring does not mean that it's going to be forever. Now, wait, wait, so, wait y'all, so hold on, hold on. Oh, I got you, Dana. Oh, you thought, okay, I've been listening to you and, You've been saying some stuff, oh, but I got you. 
I caught you, Dadon. Making good, she's married to the Reverend, the good Reverend. I ain't never heard nothing about him or this and that. I got your ass. Well, hold on. Slow your roll. Just wait. What is this? September 27th. Megan Good. And what's his name? Devon, Devon, whatever his name is. I do not think that they're going to be together for much longer. I'm just putting it out there. So when you see the headlines, you think of me. I'm like, wow, he said it. Let me tell y'all why. Listen, the only marriages, the only relationships that are, you know, ordained by God or sanctified by God, you know what I'm saying? Like those are the only relationships that that survive, the ones where God is blessed. You know, so those are the only ones that are really, truly happy. And you say, well, what do you mean? He's a pastor. He's a reverend, whatever the heck he is. Listen, I don't care who he is. There is no true man of God. Okay, no one who is living his life for Christ that would allow his woman to be out in the world the way Megan Good presents herself to the world. Be clear about that. Everyone in the church does not represent God. I think that should be obvious by now. So just understand that. No, nothing has necessarily come out yet, but you can look at someone. You can look at a situation and be like, God is not. That's not being, they're not being led by God. And you got your, your whole chest out, you got your boobs out, you got your ass out, and, and you talk about you're a man of God. Same thing with Russell Wilson. A true man of God isn't going to marry Sierra. I did a whole show on those two. Check it out if you missed it. A true man of God is not going to marry a woman who actively worships Satan. I said, what do you mean, Dada? What do you mean she worships Satan? You got, y'all don't do the research. If you did the research, you would know. She actively worships Satan. She act like actively worships Satan. She had a Baphomet shirt on. She had a hat with freaking devil horns on. Like she's into that stuff. And there's no way a true man of God would be attracted to someone like that. You know, Google just real quick. You don't know what I'm talking. Google Sierra wearing Baphomet shirt, and then you tell me if Russell Wilson is a true man of God. Just, just if you don't know who Baphomet, do some reason. What is Baphomet? Baphomet is a demon commonly, you know, known as the you know, the demon worshipped by the people in the Church of Satan. And then Google, you can even Google celebrities, celebrities that have worn, you know, Baphomet attire. Sierra is one of them. Kanye West is another. Jay-Z. Like, there's so many different white and black celebrities that actively worship Satan, as you guys have heard me talk about. So just understand that everyone who claims to love God, and this is biblical, does not necessarily Love God, all right? Sometimes they just love things of the world, you know, and it just so happens that the industry in which they have become a celebrity in, you know what I'm saying, is based in the church, right? Maybe you're a pastor or or maybe you're a gospel singer like Kirk Franklin, you know what I mean? Don't even get me started on that. But, yeah, so I think we all know, but, you know, Mary, Mary, it doesn't matter, you know? What else? So, so back to Issa though. So, and this is some more. This is some more freaky stuff. What else did she do? She goes out to the bathroom, and I don't even. She was dealing with so many dudes. I don't even remember. She sends a, a, a tit pic. I know what y'all call them, a tit pic. And and the white chick walks in and sees her, and she's like, "Oh no, you know, got to got to screen for cancer and this and that." No, you're not screening for cancer. You're not doing the feeling for lumps. You you know, you're trying to be a freak. You know. 
and, and this is another thing we see that's, that's happening in today's society, these types of activities. You know, go back and listen to my special on sexting. You're sending pictures. You're receiving pictures from men. What did she do? What did she, how did she crash her car? How did Issa Rae crash her car in the show? She was look. Somebody sent her a, a, a penis pic. You know what I mean? And uh, and she smashes into somebody. What an idiot! Crashes her car because she's being a freak. What did Mary Jane do? How many of y'all watch being Mary Jane? When they exchanged, she agreed to exchange phones with Michael Ealy. She had to go through her. Uh, she, she had to hurry up and try to get her friends to go through her phone and delete all the uh, all the pictures because she didn't want him seeing it. But my thing is, how many niggas? Are you dealing with how many dudes are you having sex with that you have that many pictures of their penises? Because you're not you're not going to receive a penis pic if you're not letting that man smash. Like let's just keep it real. You're not sending your your boobs to dudes that you're not going to let see them in real life and not let have sex with you. And there are a lot of women out here sending a lot of naked pictures to these dudes. And no disrespect, but you just got to be really stupid to do that in, in 2017. Re- I mean, again, I, I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but you, you really got to be not so smart um, in today's digital age to be texting pictures at this point to anyone other than your husband. Okay? I mean, y'all are doing this to dudes you just met. You're sending pictures to dudes like you, you met in the club. And he's like, yo, why don't you send me a pic? You send him your, your high school headshot. And he's like, oh, okay, that's nice. But I was hoping for something a little more, you know, enticing. He's like, okay, ha. So you send him your bra pic. And he's like, oh, let me see what's under there. Then you just that pow, you're sending everything. And what do you think he's doing with those pictures? I mean, just out of curiosity, what do you think? I mean, common sense. Let's use common sense. What If a man receives, <laughs> and the funny thing is, y'all ladies, y'all will put one. Y'all will put in the title. Y'all put in the the comments for your for your eyes only. <laughs> y'all put for your eyes only as if he's not going to share that with his best friend. It's, guess what? It's not for his eyes only. That's for his homie and then his homie and then their homie, then his barber, then his uh, gym you know, workout buddy. Like, oh, my man, I, I've seen do like you could be showing somebody a picture of a a woman with a nice set, and you and somebody a total stranger could be walking by like, oh whoa, whoa what's that? Oh, whoa, you mind if I see that real quick? Like, oh no, here you go. Look, check it out. Like, damn, oh snap, who that? Oh no, that's this this that's this this chick. Oh damn, bro, yo, text yo, text that to my phone real quick. So and and so, not only are your pictures being circulated to that man in his personal circle, but now. You got total strangers passing phones around the barbershop. I've seen that. I've seen men take pictures of phones, of pictures on phones with their phones. Like, oh, hey, hold on. Let me get my phone. Click. And he's sending that picture to his friend. So I sell that to say, ladies, please be smart. Because you don't hear people talk about this stuff. Everyone talks about sexting, but no one really talks about it from the perspective of the aftermath of sexting you know, and where those pictures end up. You ever been on Pornhub or some of these other porn sites? Like, these are, you know, y'all sending videos. Where do you think those videos come from? Random people texting pictures where somebody said, oh, I'm going to upload this to this site. I'm going to put her out there. 
A lot of y'all, you know, are getting videotaped. You know what I'm saying? You're backing that ass up. He's pulling his phone out, videotaping the whole thing. You don't even know because your face is buried in the pillow. Well, that's the time. And, East, and ironically, the funny thing is, insecure, um, uh, just chicks who are oblivious, you know, uh, just oblivious to this type of stuff. She's the perfect candidate for that type of stuff. She's not, like, stupid. She's not a stupid woman, but she just, that's not her world. That's not what she's into. She, she's new to being a hoe. So she doesn't even know how to protect herself. And she's the perfect example, the chick sending pictures and allowing herself to be videotaped and don't even know she's on tape, men passing it around the gym. Women just like that, in many cases just like you, got your pictures all over the Internet, all over Facebook. Because it's a very small world out here. I, I see people where everybody knows me. I'm like, hey, what the, what the heck? Where, how do I know you? They're like, oh, hey, Jada, like, where, who are you? You know what I mean? You, you know, and so you got to be careful out here. So we, we see a lot of things going on out here, all right? Um, a lot of things. One of the questions that we were discussing over in the Friends of the Day Down Tolbert Show group uh, today, actually, was um, how does a woman's sexual number uh, impact, you know, how she will be perce- perceived and how men will treat her moving forward. Um, a lot. Of, there was a question actually where uh, we were discussing over the last few days. You know, a woman was engaged, and the guy asked her like, "Yo, how many men have you been with?" And and she was basically like three. But then it turned out that that number was was more like sixteen or fifteen, and the guy ended up breaking up with her. And a lot of women online were saying that's not okay. Uh, uh, you know, that's that's not cool. And I was saying. How is that not cool? You know what I'm saying? How is that not cool? If a woman, first of all, if, if you lie, if you're dishonest, then I don't want to be with you. I don't want to be with anyone that's dishonest. Like if you're a liar, if I can't trust you, I, I don't want to be with you. And so it doesn't matter what it is. It's like, yo, did you take out the trash? And you say, yeah, but you really didn't. I don't want to be with you. Now somebody might say, oh, no, that's petty, but it's not about the trash. It's about your level of honesty. It's about the level of trust. And a lot of women out here cannot be trusted. If you go on a job interview, if you go on a job interview and the person says, hey, so, you know, have you ever been a teacher before? You say, oh, yeah, you know, I've taught for 15 years. Okay, cool. I'd like to offer you the job. But then it becomes known that you've never even taught or you've only taught for maybe six months and you said 15 years experience. Is that recruiter, is that job wrong for firing you? Of course not. So how is the man wrong for ending the engagement when she was obviously dishonest? I don't think that's wrong. See, what you got to realize is just like women have certain criteria that they look for in a man, we as men have certain criteria that we look for in a woman as well, right? So you, and just like I can't tell you what you should look for, like Chili. When she had that ridiculous list, I can't say she was wrong for that. I can say she'll be single because of it, but I can't say she's wrong for that because that's her life. I can't tell someone else what they should look for in a husband, just like a woman can't tell a man what he should look for in a wife. If a man says, hey, look, I want my wife to have slept with less than 10 partners, that man isn't wrong. That's his, that's his perspective. That's his prerogative. That's what he wants. Now, if that's you, then cool. 
If that's not you, he's not judging you. He's making a conscious and informed decision based on what he wants for his life. He's not wrong for that. You see what I'm saying? It's about respecting yourself and, and or not respect. So you don't even have to respect yourself, but you do have to face the consequences of not respecting yourself. You can't, ex- you can't do all these things, everyone, to not care about them. So now there may be someone who doesn't care, but you can't expect everyone to not care. I might try to buy a house with bad credit. Now somebody might give me a mortgage, but I can't expect everybody to give me a mortgage because they have certain criteria that they look for in a home, buy- a home buyer. You see how that works? Now Issa, it's unfortunate because she said she. I don't know how many guys she was with before Lawrence, but after Lawrence, she ex- increased her sexual number count exponentially. You know, I mean, she had she, you know, several at least three or four dudes, and most likely more than that. You know, and and you cannot. And unfortunately, there were men. Here's the the irony is that she wants love. Now there are men who would have seen what she went through with Lawrence and be like, okay, dad, that was unfortunate. All right, whatever. You cheated. It happened. And I can, I can still choose to deal with you. But there are other men who will be like, you know what? I'm cool with what you did with Lawrence. That's just your ex. Fine. But what you did after Lawrence, I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm cool. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And that's where a lot of women go wrong. They make a bad situation worse by going out and becoming a hoe. You know what I mean? They want love, and they can still get love. You can get love if your number is still fairly low, but you go on this sex spree, you're only wasting your own time. You're only making yourself, you know, you're, you're basically lower. It's like driving a car. You might have a nice car with low miles. Why would you want to drive that car back and forth across the country? You're, only, you're not doing anything other than lowering the value of that car. I sell cars for a living. You understand that? The, the, the main thing that people ask me when they want to buy a car, yo, what's the miles? A lot of people ask me what's the miles before they even know how the car runs. The car can run perfectly. They can say, what's the miles? Uh, the miles got 200 on it. Okay, thank you very much. Dad, you don't, you don't even want to know how the car runs? You could be the best woman in the world. You could be a perfect woman, but what's the miles? Now, again, don't get me wrong. I sell a lot of cars with over 200,000 miles. Many of them run really well. So the car can be sold just like the woman can be wiped. It decreases the value of the car no matter how you look at it. There's no possible way a car with higher miles is going to have a higher value than a car with lower miles, you know, if we're talking about the same car. You know what I'm saying? Say every all other things being equal, y'all get it by now. Just don't 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 decrease your value. Increase your value. All right. Now let's talk about this white dude. It's interesting because there was a guy, and this is the most ironic thing. She wants love. She claims to want love, but this was someone who actually showed interest in her. You know, the white, the older white gentleman. He liked her. He wanted to take her out. You know, he, he, in fact, they had dinner plans. If you look at the show, he was going to take her out to dinner. He came to pick her up. The chick comes with, she's like, oh, yeah, my other skirt is in the dryer. You know, and this is the craziest thing. I promise you this has happened to me. 
I thought told this matter of fact I told this story on the show many times before. If you think I'm lying, check the archives. I go to this woman's crib, we're supposed to go out. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? How's it going? You know, she opens the door up, she's butt naked in a towel. I'm like, Whoa, you what's going on here? You all right? She said, Oh no, no, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm running a little bit late. My clothes are in the dryer. You know, like, Okay. All right, you want me to just wait for you? I'll just wait for you. I'm I'm thinking we're going out, I'm ready to go out. You know, I mean, if she's wearing a booty call, she could have just said that. I'm thinking we're going out. She's in the towel. And the funny thing is she just sits down on the couch in this towel and we're talking. I'm like, oh, is, I mean, did you just put them in? Like, how long are you until the clothes are dry? And she just, it was, that was BS. There were no clothes. She didn't, she didn't even have a dryer. It was an apartment. Like, what dryer are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, needless to say, we didn't go out to dinner and she didn't get wiped up. That's how that goes. So the white guy, you know, he's like, yo, so, you know, are we going out? And he, and she even, she starts kissing him. She wasn't trying to let him smash. And he's like, yo, chill. He's like, yo, just chill out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not really trying to do all that. I'm trying to really get to know you. And, and the, the problem with that is, is that so many women in today's society, you know, are, are so hurt that they don't even recognize when they have a guy you know, who actually likes them. That's the unfortunate part. So it's like they, they put all men into a particular category. That's not even accurate. They assume every man wants sex when some men actually just want to get to know them like the white guy. You know, it's unfortunate. Now, real quick, let's, so I'm switching back, switching gears. I want to go back to Lawrence, um, and I want to go back to the young woman that he ends up dealing with. Now, this is going to piss some people off, specifically African-American women, but y'all know me. I'm no stranger. Absolutely gorgeous, okay? She's a very attractive woman, um, but what, what made her most attractive um, was the fact that she, she had a very humble, nice personality. Um, she did not come across – honestly, she was basically the opposite of Issa. She was the opposite of Molly. She seemed to be the opposite of all of her girlfriends. Um, and, she, I mean, she just was nice. And, and I got, as a man, I got to just tell you guys, that is the type of woman that these men want to marry, okay? I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm not here to be politically correct and hold your hand and say this and that. But, and then, again, don't, I don't want y'all to make this about, you know, complexion or race or national. It's not about what she looked like although she was absolutely gorgeous, okay? Be clear about that, okay? She was absolutely beautiful. She had no head full of weave. She had very little makeup. I remember one scene where Issa looked like a freaking clown, and I, I paused. I said, I said, yo, I asked my wife, I said, is she wearing a lot of makeup to you? I said, it, it looks like she's wearing a lot of makeup. And she was like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And she looked like a clown. I'm like, why do you have so much makeup? And this woman, she was just, she was just naturally beautiful. Looked like she was from another country or something. But again, I don't want to make this about race because there are absolutely black women. My wife is one of them who 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 have that same look, kind of you know laid back, nice hair, you know no weave, very little makeup, natural beauty. You know, take care of themselves, uh, not having her breast out and boobs up. Like that's what we look for, plain and simple. Okay. But it just so happened on this show, 
You know, some people call it Becky with the good hair or di- different things like that. It doesn't matter. She just was very attractive. And I think that what we have to understand is that a lot of women are not presenting themselves in the way that we want them to in order for us to want to be with them on a serious level. No man in their right mind would wipe up Issa the way she presented herself in season one or season two. Now, I'm hoping in season three she gets her act together and, you know, and finally respects herself and loses the attitude, loses this whole mentality. But there are tons of women out here, just like Issa, nice women, nice personality, but will never get wifed up. And especially, especially when there is this, there are options. Like, think about it. If you saw Issa walking and you had this other woman, who are you going to choose? I mean, no, no one would choose Issa. And, again, don't make this about race. Don't make this about complexion because that's not what it's about, but it's about how each of them presented themselves. And anyone who watches this show sees an obvious contrast between the two. Okay? So I want to be clear about that. It's not about race. It's not about complexion. It's about how the two of them presented her. She, I mean, she seemed to support him. She was friendly. She was personable. They had things in common. They worked at the same job. You know, in fact, I asked a question online uh, today. Uh, actually, not today. The other day, we were debating about it over in the friends group, and it was, uh, would you date a, 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 a man who was on public assistance? And it was unfortunate to, to see that most women actually said no. And I'm looking, I'm like, no, why, why not? Why would you not? And unfortunately, so many women are used to deadbeats, to losers. They're, they're used to users um, who take advantage, and they, they want to make sure that they do not repeat that behavior by dealing with a loser. But what you have to understand is every man that's on public assistance is not a loser. So, FYI, unemployment is a form of public assistance. Uh, food stamps are a form of public assistance. And my question is, and I ask this in the group, is that why is it okay? Why is it socially acceptable for women to be on public assistance, but men cannot be on public assistance? Why is that frowned upon? You know, you know how many women out here are dating, actively dating, but but got the uh, the EBT card, you know, live in Section 8 housing or whatever it is. Why is it okay for a woman to have, you know, whether they're a single mom and they have different things and they got, you know, child support. Like a man is supposed to be okay with their situation and just come right in and be like, oh, okay, cool. I'll still wipe you up. But let a man... Like, nah, yeah, I got, the, I got the EBT card, this and that. I got this unemployment. Even Lawrence, he wasn't a loser. He, I told you I told y'all last week, he just had unemployment. He was on unemployment. I told y'all sometimes you can uh, – I know certain people on unemployment that make more money than people who are out here working. That happened to my buddy. He got fired, but his check – he was getting like six six fifty a week on unemployment. I'm like, yo, how can I get unemployment? Like, he was getting six fifty a week. Now, that's a lot more money than a lot of people make, okay? And it's certainly enough to live on 
uh, if you, especially if you're single with no children and things like that. So why is that, uh, uh, you know, an issue for a man? And what, you know what I'm saying? Case in point, Issa, you know, when Lawrence, Lawrence brings the, the young woman that he's dealing with, I forget her name, he brings her to the dinner party, which, you know, probably wasn't the best idea, but whatever. He brings her to the dinner party, and Issa feels some type of way about it. And so she goes out, and this is where I was upset with Lawrence because he goes out after her, which I thought was stupid. I thought that was corny because, one, that's disrespectful to the woman that you're with, you know what I'm saying, and you're going out to argue with another chick at a, at one, while you're basically on a date. And so he's arguing with her. And this is, this is why I have zero sympathy for Issa's character whatsoever because even after recognizing, hey, look, I messed up, you know, I, I cheated, I'm a whore, okay, whatever, my fault. Still, you know, threw that, threw all that stuff into his face, and when they are, when they came face to face, when they argued, she threw out the fact that his app that he'd been working on their entire relationship, that it, that idea had failed. Even though he was doing well, she still threw, she's like, oh, I, where's the where's the the woo woo app or whatever it's called, you know what I'm saying? I haven't heard anything about that. Like that was the I I felt that, like I felt that insult. Like, that would have hurt me. Like, if somebody said that to me, because I have a lot of dreams, and I've always had dreams, I've always had goals, I've always had plans. If a woman, if one of my exes threw something that I had gone through during a tough period of my life, I wouldn't let her know that it affected me, but that still would have, that would have stung a little bit. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? She's like, I still supported your depressed ass. I'm like, dang. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the ultimate insult, and, and, and he did not deserve that. Because the whole situation really was caused by him. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, by her. And he just, everything that he did was a reaction to what she did. Now, Lawrence is not 100% blameless here because I really appreciated the, the conversation that the light-skinned dude had with, uh, with Lawrence. That was a very, I don't know if y'all caught it, but a very important scene where he was like, yeah, so Lawrence was like, so what, because I was unemployed, that gives her the right to go and have sex with another dude? He was like, no. But I do understand why she would be attracted to somebody else who has some things going on and making some things happen. That was, that's very good, honest advice from a friend. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of women find themselves in similar situations. No, they don't go out and have sex with somebody, but they are maybe attracted to people, you know, who are doing some things. But I thought that was a really good uh, moment and good advice for Lawrence as well as for men in general to uh, to, to keep your woman happy. Uh, many years ago, I did a show entitled on uh, – I did many shows on this title, but one in particular on uh, the importance of putting your woman first. And I, you know, went through the lyrics of uh, Jaheem's song, Put Your Woman First. And, um, you know, I even talked about that other song by Tank as well. Maybe I deserve, and just talked about you know the things that men need to do to for specifically for women to allow their relationship to be successful. So it's not always about what women need to do. I've done many, 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 many shows on on teaching black men to be better fathers and husbands, and um, I mean you know the list is endless. You know uh, how to love a black woman the right way and uh, cater to you, like all types of stuff. But it's, it's it goes both ways. It's very important on both sides to make sure your mate 
um, is, and maybe one of even the best shows I've ever done was my special on War Room. If you guys heard that special on War Room, the movie, uh, where I talked about how to build and maintain a successful marriage. You know, not even necessarily a relationship. But I really talked about marriage uh, in, in reference to film, um, you know, in, in doing it. So, but yeah, so that fight that they had for me was very uh, on both sides. Like I said, he shouldn't have even gone out and she should not have thrown all those things in her face. He basically called her a hoe um, based on her actions. You know, and he basically called her out on, on having sex with the same dude that she cheated with, which is really crazy, you know. Um, and I, I liked, you know, his his woman came out, the new girl came out, and he just left. He didn't let it linger. He said, come on, let's go. They left together. He goes home, smashes. And um, it, it, I even found myself in a similar situation one night where I was with a young woman. Actually, I've told this story many times on the show, actually. So um, I was dealing with a woman and an ex I was I had showed up at the crib where we were at for that night, and it was a very uh, bad situation. I had to throw her out. And, um, you know, she was a ride-or-die chick. You know, she didn't trip. She didn't, like, lose it. But, yeah, man, you just want to try to protect the person that you're with and not even put them – by not even putting them in those situations, you know, where there's a potential – for it to be an argument or a fight. So that's why I really didn't like how Lawrence handled that part of it. Now, I'm going to skip ahead to the final scene uh, of, of the season, which I, I actually liked how they did it because I was I was about to have a conniption. I was about to have some serious chest pains uh, if, if what we thought was happening actually happened. Fortunately, it turned out to be just a dream sequence where like a fantasy where she fantasized about them kissing and him proposing and them sleeping together and having a baby and getting married and living. Happy. I would have, I mean, I, you know, I was really about to be very upset when, uh, if, if he took her back and I would really question the masculinity and the manhood of any man who took a woman back after doing what Issa did. I, I mean, I know it's become, fairly normal for women to take cheating, you know, cheating men back. Um, I can't speak on that, but I cannot co-sign men who, who place their lips on women whose lips have been on another man. That is like, that is a foreign, you might as well be speaking Japanese to me. If you do something like that, I do not understand it. I would never do it. And uh, I question men who, who do it. Uh, But so I'm glad to see that that was just a a dream sequence. And then, you know, it, I really do look forward to seeing what happens in, in season three. I'm, I'm interested to see what direction they go in, um, you know, what happens with Lawrence and this new young woman. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you something. It's, it's interesting because then women need to know this, that that's it's usually how it goes. What usually happens is when, whenever – I'm not saying whose fault it was, but when relationships end, women typically have a longer road ahead of them towards finding love than men do. The, the, the ramifications of the hurt, pain, and resentment are usually more extreme on women's side. A lot of times what you see is 
the women go out and being hoes and sleeping around and hoping to have love and this and that, but the effects of those actions leave them single much longer than the actual breakup leaves them single. And then the man, they're pretty much, you know, we're out there. A lot of these men are hot commodities in a world where there are very few single successful black men. So they find that, you know, they have no problem in many cases getting another woman. You know, I know, and no, no, not to put anybody out there, but most of my exes that I'm still aware of are, are single. You know, whereas I'm married, I'm still, I've been married for over seven years. So, and that's just one example, but that's, you know, typically how it works. I'm talking about women I was with, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, are still single to this day. You know, and not, to, I don't know the specifics, but a lot of that is, is, based on their actions post uh, post breakup. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, guys, I still, I, I'm definitely doing part three. I want to talk about, I want to spend a lot of time talking about Molly um, and, and specifically um, the open relationships. I want to talk about open relationships. I want to, I want to talk about uh, the importance of recognizing a man's potential. I want to talk about absolute deal breakers. Like one thing that she was uh, doing was a, uh, you know, she, she couldn't deal with the fact that the guy had a, a gay experience. I want to talk about what, what are deal breakers for women. I want to talk about what we saw from her uh, dealing with the, the, the lawyer dude that was interested in her, but she was not really interested in him. I want to talk about that. I, want, I, mean, it's, I mean, that's why I said there's so many topics specifically surrounding Molly that, um, you know, her, even her insecurities that we even allow her to deal with a married man, you know what I mean? Her insecurities about herself, her insecurities about her chances of even having love uh, moving forward. So there's a lot to talk about with her. Um, I'm going to thank everybody for listening today. Thank you guys for listening last week to part one. And uh, and share these shows, you know, because, you know, you know what you heard today. You know what you've been listening to. And, and this, I mean, I'll say this. I'll even go out on a limb. You know, th- there's more information in just, one two-hour show, you know, than really any relationship or dating book that's out there. And that's not, like, I'm not saying that in a braggadocious way. I'm just saying that to say, like, it's very important to share this information to people who you know may, you know, may benefit from it, especially if you care about them, especially if you have girlfriends that are, you know, dealing with her, you know, maybe want love and uh, can't really figure out why they, why they can't get it. You know, this is the type of information that will add some clarity uh, to their life. So um, I, I can't put a date on it right now, but I'm thinking I did the last show, part one, I think last Wednesday. I did the show this Wednesday, you know, today. So, uh, you know, look out for a show, another show early next week, you know, and um, we'll keep it going that way. So I thank you guys for listening, and I will talk to you next time.
date on Dope will motivate you, girl. A date on be a motivation, child. A date on Dope will come and rock your world. Mm. A date on be a motivation, child. A date on Dope will motivate you, girl. Until we're coming rock 